Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 106 of Buds and Blue Jays, your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. As always, I'm your host, Jesse Burrell. I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, the Blue Jays had one back-to-back series, one against Milwaukee, one against Minnesota. And we go to the Big Apple for this one. We go into New York to play the Mets. And Riley, the Blue Jays have never swept a series against the New York Mets. Well, until now, because they officially did, they went into New York. Three games, three wins in all three, and the Blue Jays are flying high. Their four-game winning streak now is best in baseball, Riley. How are we feeling right now about the Toronto Blue Jays? Well, first of all, how do we feel about this podcast? 106 episodes Mm -hmm. in, and man... I mean, we have officially done more episodes than my lifetime batting average versus left-handed pitching. (laughs) This is absolutely insane. Just happy to be here. And what a time to talk about a series, Jesse. Like you said, never have swept the New York Mets. We go into City Field and we hit, we pitch, and we ended up with the sweep. I mean, we just played good fundamental base. Baseball through and through. I mean, hey, I'd be lying to you if I said that they were, you know, if they weren't nail biters because they were. I mean, it was down to the wire in a lot of cases, man. We had to be on our game and we showed up and we deserved to get the sweep in this because I tell you, um, the Mets still have a very good team, whether they're healthy or not. The New York Mets are still one of the best um, in the National League. So, I mean, that feels feels real good uh, to beat the New York Mets in three straight. 100%. We will get into the games a little bit more detail in here as we go. But first, guys, remember, our show is free and we're available on all platforms. So if you're listening to us on YouTube, please like the video, subscribe to the channel, maybe comment on our YouTube shorts. We'll be interacting with you on there. And if you're out in podcast land, which is rapidly growing for us, five-star review, share, tell a friend, all that good stuff, download, subscribe, and all that. Remember, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok as well. But let's get into the game recaps for those of you who weren't being able to watch all these weekend games here. Game one, the Blue Jays win this game three to nothing, and we had a hell of a pitcher's duel in this one. Chris Bassett and Justin Verlander went toe-to-toe with Chris Bassett ultimately being the hound that he is, going seven and two-thirds shutout innings, getting the Blue Jays the win. George Springer got the series started right by taking the second pitch of the ball game over the center field fence, setting the tone early, and the score stayed that way until the ninth when Dalton Varsho added a two-run home run to get some insurance in that one. In game two, the Blue Jays, also a little nail-biter, as you mentioned, win this game two-to-one. Jose Barrios kept the train rolling with a quality performance. He did give up a run in the fifth, but the Jays were able to answer with an Alejandro Kirk RBI single. And then after John Schneider gets ejected in the ninth, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hits a double down the line to score George Springer. And Jordan Romano came in with Jordan Romano unavailable. Eric Swanson came in and got the save and the Blue Jays win that game 2-1. Game three, the game that took place yesterday afternoon, the Jays win this game 6-5. And the Jays were very patient against uh, Kodai Senga and his ghost forkball. They were able to draw five walks off of him. Jays got out to a 4-0 lead before the Mets came back to tie it at four. But then the Blue Jays got a very clutch go-ahead two-run home run off the bat of Brandon Belt in the top of the seventh. And Adam Simber, Eric Swanson got holds while Jordan Romano worked the ninth to get the save. So after the series, Riley, the Blue Jays sit with a record of 33 and 27. We are eight and a half games back of the Rays in the AL East and two and a half games back of the Yankees for the third and final wildcard spot, Riley. So many talking points to come out of this series with the New York Mets. I think we both know who's going to go first, Riley. I'll let you take it away. So... Our big pitching acquisition, Chris Bassett, who at the time um, is well, at the time we signed him, his wife was probably very early on in her pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And now it comes full circle and we're here in New York for game one. 
Chris Bassett on the bump and the other bump in the Bassett family <laughs> ready to come out. So, I mean, hey, I'm a I'm a humane guy. I mean, I would have been OK with giving him the night off for a bigger thing. But no, yeah. decides to pitch in the ball game. And I mean, did he ever pitch in this one, man? Anytime a Blue Jays pitcher only gives up three hits is a game that I like. And mm -hmm. that's not three hits over two and two thirds. This is a solid almost eight innings of baseball. Didn't walk a single batter and struck out eight. Chris Bassett looked excellent against his former club. And what a way to start off the series because, hey, there was a lot riding on this. This was a marquee matchup. You got Verlander on the other side, who is basically today's Nolan Ryan. I mean, I was making that comp in my head the whole entire game. Like, there's no other comp. 40 years old. <laughs> the guy still throws absolute gas. Verlander, who has no hit the Jays in his career. Twice. So twice. just yeah. I, Okay, twice. Perfect. Yeah. So just going into this, Jesse, it's not, not a game that you feel the greatest about. But, I mean, we brought it. We had just enough to upset Verlander on the offensive side. And Chris Bassett was excellent in the start, regardless of what he had on his mind. I mean, what a way to start this series. Chris Bassett, what a player, absolute hound in this start. And congratulations as well. What a perfect way to start this. Thumbs up. Couldn't go anywhere else, Jesse. Mm -hmm. Got to be Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett setting the tone early. And I think the nickname, the hound for Chris Bassett just fits so good because he comes in, he shoves, right? His best start of the year. It was actually only the second time this year he didn't even walk a batter. And do you remember earlier, I think it was two starts ago, he was pitching at Rogers Center when uh, he was sick, right? He was under the weather. He looked like a zombie on the mound, right? I'm pretty sure that was against Atlanta when he threw a shutout, nine innings pitch. And then he comes in here, his wife is very much in labor, and he comes out here and shoves anyway. Like, this guy is a dude. He's like the main character on this Toronto Blue Jays staff. And I wish we could have a rotation out of five Chris Bassett's, if you ask me, because this guy has just got it going on. So official thumbs up from us over here at Buds and Blue Jays for your performance, Chris Bassett. And I'm glad that your child came out happy and healthy and the family is doing well. That is what I was expecting out of my former Oakland A. That is what Chris Bassett does, man. I mean, hey, three hits is, is insane. And he had it in this one, man. And yes, congratulations on the son as well. Just a great... Great weekend for Chris Bassett. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, you'll have more on when he comes back to the team and everything like that with paternity leave. But take the time you need. We need you as a player. But life comes first, of course, man. So congratulations and an easy thumbs up. He officially added 0 0.5 war to a season total. Half a win just in this one performance. So domination from Chris Bassett. Right, Lee, let's talk about another player who on the hitting side has really, really gotten things going this year. And that is Brandon Belt, man. Remember one month ago when you and I were sitting here and we were talking about Brandon Belt and he had a 235 on base percentage and we were thinking, man, we got to get this guy going. Man, we really do. Well, since that time, Riley... He has an on-base percentage of 484. He's been getting on base just shy of 50% of the time for a month now. He's hit his third home run of the season in this series. And honestly, he's just been raking with doubles and walks like crazy for Brandon Belt. I think it's time officially to make Brandon Belt an everyday player, even if there is a tough lefty on the mound. I think his bat is just so good. We've got to get him into that lineup. So got a thought on Brandon Belt's recent hot streak here, Riley? Yeah, I love his approach at the plate. Um, I'll tell you, there's a lot of swings in baseball. Brandon Belt just has one of those swings that I'm not a fan of, but it works for him. <laughs> I love his eye at the plate. He's a very selective hitter. In my opinion, when you're 
when a guy takes close pitches, I think that Brandon Belt is pro- probably has the best eye on our team right now as far as, as, far as being, able, being able to recognize pitches and such an effortless swing that turns into extra base hits, man, because that's something he has done. Um, a very pulse-savvy hitter, but um, like, like you said, um, home run to center, hit the apple, that's good enough. I mean, good for Brandon Belt, man, because he started the season so cold. And, you know, there was a lot of talk uh, of what kind of Brandon Belt we're going to get. I think we've seen the worst and the best of. I mean, I don't know if a 485 on base percentage is going to continue, Jesse. <laughs> but certainly, man, um, if it's somewhere close to that mark, you got to be super happy. He's been hitting in that cleanup spot. And, I mean, I couldn't... Couldn't be more happy out of a savvy veteran guy who you just love. No matter where he ends up, Blue Jay, or still in San Fran. He's just a guy you want to see do well. I'm glad he's playing for us, and he has showed up this last month. He does have a 444 BABIP on the season, Riley. So maybe he's not going to be this hot for a long time, but because that number is almost surely going to regress, but it had to come up from where he was in the beginning. Kind of like when Matt Chapman went on his hot streak at the start of the year. I'd expect maybe a little bit of regression coming for Brandon Belt, but we will take it and we will ride it while we are getting it. So thumbs up to you, Brandon Belt. I wanted to give one more big performance here, and we are finally getting Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to heat up here. And he's been grinding a lot, Riley, but coming into this series, he hadn't hit a home run off of a non-position player pitching since May the 4th. It had been almost a full month. It was good to see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. finally do some damage in this series. And I'm going to take you back to the game-winning hit in Game 2. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was 0-3 at that point. He did have a couple soft-hit ground balls. Things weren't really falling for him. And then the first pitch of that bat... Uh, a pitch that was way down and in was called a strike. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. could have quit on that at bat right there at that point. John Schneider even came out, got ejected, had his word with the manager. But Vladimir Guerrero Jr. battled. And he, the pitch he hit for a double to score George Springer too was actually a pretty good curveball from David Robertson. I think it was down low below the zone. But Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was able to keep his hands back, drive it with enough authority to get down that line and to drive it the go-ahead run. So you can see the kind of special that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has. And it, it really, when it's all coming together for him, it is a very big treat to see. I just want to see it a little more often. So let's hope this is the start of something big for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So yeah, he put, kind of put it all together in this series. Jesse, I mean, a double, a home run. Also drew a walk in each of the games. A statistic big, yeah. I like to see, the on-base being up there as well as the power numbers. That's more like the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. that we need to see. A guy that, yes, not only gets on base, but also slugs. We need that slugging percentage to be up. Um, him batting where he does in this order, I mean, we need him to get extra base hits. So that's, that's no questions asked. I mean, he yes, he has... Not hit a home run in almost a month. Finally did it in this Mets series. It was long overdue, man. So let's hope this is the start of something big coming up for this month of June because we certainly need it. We are, you know, eight games back of our division and a wild card is just a hunt. And I think that the uh, the bat of Vlad is only going to do amazing things for this team and in a tight division. So we definitely need more of that out of Vlad Jr. Nobody in baseball, Riley, has more hard hit balls over the past week than Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s 15. So it is coming. It is coming very soon. I would expect a big month of June for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Riley, from the positives to the negatives, the worst 
there weren't a lot, you know, when the Blue Jays do go out and they sweep a series, it is kind of tough to really nitpick at the team. I couldn't, I could really only come up with two and we're both kind of nitpicking at this one here. You wanted to talk about Matt Chapman's performance this series. I guess uh, we'll give you the go ahead on that one. So, I mean, listen, Chapman started the season off really, I mean, really good. He was, he was the leader in wins above replacement. When you just get down to the nitty gritty on what baseball is in the sabermetric era and all these advanced metric stats, I mean, Matt Chapman was arguably the best player to start off yep. the season for about a month. That is no longer the case. He has now came back down to earth. Um, the power has regressed a little bit. He is still very poised to hit doubles a lot. Um, that is just his power to the alleys is amazing. He still has an elite eye. Um, he went one for 10 in the series and did draw two walks. So this is yep. really nitpicking. We said before the show, who we're going to, we got to give thumbs down to someone. I said, I'll take on Chapman. This is before I realized he did get on base three times, which is not a, a large amount for 12 plate appearances, but it, it's something. The other gripe I have too is just him in the clutch. I believe the bases were loaded and he struck out and it wasn't the only time he struck out in this series. In fact, I believe Matt Chapman's strike up strikeout rate has gone up. I do not have the stat to back that up, but it just seems like he's starting to swing and miss a little bit more often than he had maybe to start off the year. But again, the extra base hit power is there. The ability to draw walks is eye at the plate is still really good. And of course, his defense is still elite. So what are we really talking about? Right. If we won three <laughs> games in the series, we just want to find something again. I'm taking the, I'm taking the bite. If there's something good to say about Matt Chapman, of course, I got to be first through the wall. If, if I got to kind of nitpick at his game, I mean, we've got to pick at somebody because we're still not where we should be in this division. And I mean, listen, we'll go after a position player. Um, and I think if you look at the statistics we talked before the show, Matt Chapman added less win probability than anybody. So I guess we right. got to pick on yeah. him <laughs> when we just swept the New York Mets, which is fine because I'm sure he's going to bounce back in the next series. And even if he doesn't, Jesse, he is still having a good season and he will continue to be having a good season. Maybe not a great, fantastic. He maybe maybe he's not even an all star but he's going to continue to have a great season. I think I would still put money that he might be able to get into the all-star game. He'll just have to go on a little bit of a good run here. My only gripe on Matt Chapman, Riley, is I'm um, looking at the numbers here, is that in high leverage, when the Blue Jays really need a hit, he's only hitting 192 this year and doesn't have a single home run in a high level. And in fact, only one extra base hit in a high leverage situation this year. So Matt Chapman, when it's low leverage, he's one of the best hitters in baseball. When the pressure's on, Matt Chapman hasn't been able to perform at least yet so far this year. So maybe we can get uh, that to be a little better from Matt Chapman, especially if he's hitting fifth in our order, right? We really need these guys to come through in the clutch a little bit. But that's all I got on Chapman. Yep, and, and me too. Again, nitpicking and Jesse from a guy that is one of my favorites to a guy that's one of your favorites. Let's continue to nitpick just a little bit. Yeah. Nate Pearson in this. Uh, now, Nate Pearson has been nailed since he's come up to the Toronto Blue Jays. We talked last episode about, hey, maybe it's time to get Nate Pearson into high leverage roles. I think his spot on the roster is almost guaranteed now. He's not going anywhere when guys like Zach Pop and Mitch White come back. Nate Pearson is on this team, but he did 
give up two solo home runs in this appearance. I think they were the first two earned runs he's allowed since he's come up with the Toronto Blue Jays. I could be wrong on that one. But uh, either way, they're definitely his first two home runs that he's allowed. And, you know, he still struck out six batters in this series. Nate Pearson was actually the winning pitcher in two of these three games this series, too. So he was using quite a bit. It's just, hey, sometimes this is going to happen with a guy who throws 100 and some miles per hour. And I don't think either of us are worried about uh, Nate Pearson after giving up two solo home runs in this series. Jesse, I said it. He was due. It was bound to happen, man, with how he throws. Um, he's 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 on his way up. It's only going to be good things, even after, you know, giving up two solo home runs in the same game. Whatever. It's it's things are still on the up for Nate Pearson. And I just want to take a look at the bullpen as a whole, Riley. Do you like our bullpen right now? A big picture? Like, do you think we're a top 10 unit, top 15 unit? Like, where would you rank our bullpen? Oh, we're absolutely a top 15 unit um, to, to crack the top 10. I mean, hey, you know what? I really like seeing um, Eric Swanson pick up the save in, in game mm-hmm. two. I think that was I think that was huge. I think it's good. I, hey, I like a, I like a closer that gets you 50 saves in a season. That just doesn't happen anymore. So I like that your secondary options are available and able to pitch in those the highest level, the highest of caliber situations, which is, I mean, one run bottom of the ninth, the closest kind of safe situation you can get. And I believe Swanson just gave up one hit in that appearance and collected a save. So that's great. We'll take it. That's as tight as it gets. As far as the other guys in the bullpen, I can live with some of them. There's been a lot of guys who impressed me. Pearson, one of them, uh, Mesa would be another that has been Im- impressive as well. Um, I, I do believe that we're probably right around a top 10 bullpen team. We're certainly a top 15 bullpen team. As far as the 30 teams in the MLB, I would put us right around probably 8 to 12, closer to 8 on a good day. I did some stats and I looked into this about the Blue Jays bullpen because there is some talk online about maybe the Blue Jays need to add another reliever. And they still might, to be honest. And I'm sure they will when they come close to the trade deadline. But as a unit, Riley, their ERA is collectively at 372. They're actually third best in baseball at strikeouts per nine at 10.67. So you want swing and miss out of your bullpen. The Blue Jays have that right now. I th- would say the only issue is the Blue Jays bullpen are allowing an MLB worst 41.3% hard hit percentage. So that doesn't seem ideal. They are striking guys out, but when the blue the, the bullpen guys get hit, they do seem to be getting hit hard. Jordan Romano is one of these. He doesn't get hit that hard that often, but when he does get hit, it seems to go. And there's a few others. Adam Simber gets hit pretty hard too. And Trevor Richards for a while there was getting hit pretty hard and Anthony Bass as well. So do you think the Blue Jays need to add another arm into this bullpen? Or do you think if the guy's just getting better or maybe if Zach Pop coming back is just enough that the Blue Jays need? I can't wait for Pop to get back. That stat is absolutely wild to me because um, I know for a fact we are the bottom half of the league in relievers with velocity. Yes, Romano throws as hard as he does, but I think guys like Simber and Richards bring that down, and we don't have a ton of fireballers in this bullpen. I mean, we got more craft than we do just sheer firepower. Um, So, I mean, would adding an arm hurt? I would like to see a guy who, I mean, maybe not a, uh, a guy like Emmanuel Classe himself, but a guy That'd like that. That'd be nice. That, guy, well, of course it would be nice, <laughs> yes. Jesse, but I mean, we'll take what we can get. But I would crave another guy who can throw hard just to throw a differential of speed because, I mean, hey, Adam Simber watching him pitch, yeah, it's it was fun for a bit, and now it's just kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Um, Richards has impressed me a little bit. I'm not – 
going to talk about Garcia in this series. I uh, was really impressed by Swanson. And yes, Romano does give up hard hit contact, but his stuff is just is just too good. He gets too many swings and misses that I'm just going to wash out the fact that he does get hard contact and say that he's still the best reliever on this team and agree. that I'm yep. still confident when he takes the bump. So yes, Jesse, of course, another arm never hurts, um, but I still think we are sometimes better than we think. But yes, we do give up a lot of hard contact and it shows. We are now into the month of June, which means our trade deadline is usually at the end of July. So it's almost trade season across Major League Baseball. And we will come up with some solutions for the Toronto Blue Jays as we get closer to the trade deadline. Riley, let's check in on our other two rotation pieces that started in this series. Yusei Kikuchi was solid, did give up a few runs in his appearance. And Jose Barrios looked pretty good. He gave up one run on four hits and three walks over his six innings pitch. And I guess I want to talk about them both. For Yusei Kikuchi, uh, interesting, he got 19 swinging strikes in this one. And Yusei Kikuchi, I think, was throwing as hard as 97 as well. Now, the command wasn't great. He did have a few walks. He did get hit pretty hard. But I thought it was it was your typical Yusei Kikuchi appearance here in this one. And Jose Barrios, Riley, we got to talk about him because he looks like I think he's back. You told me this offseason there is no way Jose Brios was going to have an ERA above five again. You thought it would be closer to maybe 4.2 or something like that, Riley. But after this appearance, in fact, his ERA is now about three, 366 on the season right now. And if you take out his first two starts over his last 10, he has a 258 ERA and a 1.15 whip, Riley. That is the second best 10-game stretch Jose Brios has ever put together in his career. I think it's almost safe to say that Jose Brios may be back now, officially to the guy we thought we were getting at the 221 trade deadline. And I did like to, Riley, one more thing. You know how we've been talking a lot about Jose Brios needs to stop throwing that four-seam fastball because it gets hit so hard. He only threw that pitch 10% of the time. He threw 41 slurve balls, which was his best pitch, the most he's thrown in a game since 2021. That's the Jose Brios we wanted to see. And if he can do that consistently, it's going to mean great things for him and for the Toronto Blue Jays. Yes, I would have listened to this on the radio and it goes the same thing over and over again. You hear slurve, 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 slurve. And obviously, I got to dive in, go back and watch the clip on it because I want to see these pitches, not just hear about them. Mm -hmm. But just by hearing it in the amount of runners he allowed, you just know there's a correlation. And okay, he should go with this pitch more. Okay, he should throw the slurve more. And then I go and view what, you know, how these strikeouts were happening, where the pitches were. And the location was great. The movement was great. I mean, there's there's people now who argue that the slurve is the most effective pitch in baseball. I don't know if I buy into that too, too much. There is a de- of, It's very dependent on who's throwing it in, in, of course, in a lot of, of course. cases. But I believe that this is probably one of the best Blue Jays pitches right now. And I mean, of course, you got to hand it off to, uh, you know, a splitter of Kevin Gosman's. And um, but very close is the slurve from Jose Barrios. He looked absolutely fantastic, man. Six strikeouts in his appearance um, and didn't get hit a ton. And hard contact is you want to talk about Blue Jays pitchers to give up hard contact. Barrios is, you know, l- with the with the four seam fastball. Leaving stuff over the heart of the plate, he's gonna he's it's gonna come off the bat 108 miles an hour, and we saw not any of that in this no, in this game. Soft contact galore from Jose Barrios, which which was which is perfect. So whether Jose Barrios is back or not, Jesse, 
it's a quality start and you got to think to yourself, okay, he's had this many in a row. Is he due for a blow up anytime soon? Or is he just continuing to roll through this month of June? And then where do we sit if he continues this dominance? Because then we're having a completely different conversation when you're good for two and a half straight months, then you got to believe that he is absolutely back. Jesse. I think so. I think we. this is a sign of good things to come for Jose Barrios. Let's hope he can keep it up and doesn't have any more of those blow-ups. Riley, I got a few more notes, just things that caught my attention during this series. So uh, if any of these are interesting to you, just stop me, all right? Blue Jays, as a team, are hitting 200, 273, and 333 with the bases loaded and have a 194 BABIP when the Blue Jays load the bases. That seems unsustainable. It seems like the Blue Jays will hit better with the bases loaded going forward. George Springer had a nice stolen base to set up the game-scoring run in Game 2 here. George Springer now, I think, has 10 steals on the season. He is on pace to set a season high in steals this year. Not bad for a 33-year-old. And then we had uh, Kevin Kiermeyer was his uh, outfield catch he made in that last series was just named MLB's play of the week, which is his third time this year. Kevin Kiermeyer has won MLB's play of the week. So congratulations to him, Riley. Out of those three things, anything catch your attention? I just want to, well, we'll stick with the good stuff here. Not going to go off the first one and talk about clutch um, hitting with runners in scoring position or bases loaded, whatever. Uh, I want to talk with the, the older guys on our team. Two older outfielders. So first of all, I'm not surprised. Uh, Kiermaier made a heck of a catch. The fact that he was named for the third time this year, catch of the week, play of the week, whatever you want to call it, um, it's surprising in itself, but it's not at the same time because it is Kevin Kiermaier. Yeah, of um, course. <laughs> so that's, I mean, he's a, I mean, God, the, the, the range he has out there and the glove that he has, absolutely fantastic center fielder. One of the best defensive players I mean, since I mean, in the Stackhouse era as a center fielder, just as the range he has, and then George Springer. Hey, I don't know if he's going to get a career high in steals. I would not put money on it myself, but the fact that he has swiped ten bags or whatever, I think, is great because yes, he may have moved into second place all time for leadoff yes. home runs. Um, I mean, uh, I mean, he's got a long way to go before he catches Ricky. Uh, Henderson played for 20 whatever many seasons and I think has 81 Springer still in his 50s but I mean leadoff hitters yes the home runs are good but steals are also important especially in a situation where he sets up Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, with a double in, in a clutch situation so bravo to Springer and of course still the Kiermaier for that catch but it's good to see things out of our older players of course it's just good to see things out of the team in general because we have you know so many young players but hey let's give the old guys some love um on this one if anything, it, this is just more reassurance that George Springer is still healthy. If he feels like he's able to get out there and steal bases, that means the legs are feeling good, the knees are feeling good, and George Springer himself must be feeling good. Riley, we do have a few injury updates here. Um, the Blue Jays will apparently no longer be treating Mitch White as a starting pitching option, and if you were to go through all of our rehab starts that he went through where he just simply wasn't good, I don't think we wanted Mitch White as a starting pitching option either. I will say, Riley, do not go look up Nick Frasso's numbers in AAA for the Dodgers right now because they are fantastic, and it's really looking like the Blue Jays might be in trouble with this trade, but deal with that for another day. 
Danny Jansen was caught seeing running on the field and taking a little bit of batting practice. It seems like he isn't too far away from a rehab assignment and then eventually coming back to the Toronto Blue Jays. And as we mentioned earlier in this episode, Zach popped through a bullpen session in Toronto. He is ramping up and it shouldn't be too long either until he goes on a rehab assignment and will be coming back to the teams here soon too. So any thoughts about those three injured players and what their future might be with the Toronto Blue Jays? Just, um, you know, when Pop comes back and when Jansen comes back, those are two good, healthy options to go f- for as far as um, a guy who I you can't say enough good about Danny Jansen. Maybe when he is at his best, he's one of the most dangerous hitters in Major League Baseball. And Zach Pop shows a lot of promise. And I can't wait to get him in ba- into the mix of pitchers. We're talking about get bullpen and you know, getting getting a um, you know, a guy who can pitch in these leverage spots. Zach Pop is still young. I believe that he probably has the potential at some point to be an eight inning guy, um, whether that's this year or next year or whatever. But I have a lot of faith in in Zach Pop. And then yeah, Danny Jansen. I can't wait till he comes back. I love the guy. Absolute fan. The best. If you want to call him our second catcher behind Kirk, then he's absolutely the best backup catcher in all of major league baseball there's not a in my mind we have a great tandem between kirk and jansen and we like both of them to be healthy and both be an option uh behind the plate to, to signal call danny jansen's bat too was just getting hot just as he got injured as it always seems to be the case whenever danny jansen gets hurt so let's get him back into this lineup and let's get that offensive thump going riley we are one hour away from the blue jays opening a series against the houston astros it's, it's Alec Manoa's turn tonight, Riley. And I will say, if you're watching this or listening to this, you might already know how Alec Manoa's start went tonight. I have a feeling that we might get something special from Alec Manoa tonight. Just, I don't have any data to back that up. I have nothing in there, but just something inside is telling me that Alec Manoa is going to go out and shove tonight. So how do you think we do, Riley, in this Houston series? And uh, yeah, a team we're chasing in the standing, so a team we really should uh, put away. Well, just to prove that, you know, we haven't, we are in fact an hour before game time. I'm going to go on the other side and say, wow, Alec Manoa with another stinker. (laughs) And and yet we still, and yet we still walk out with a split in this series. Knock on wood, Jesse. We walk out with a split against the Astros. I think that keeps our head above the water. Um, I think if we come in here, I think there's statistically, there's a, there's a, possibility that we get swept there's more of a chance that that hey just wait there's more of a chance that they sweep us and we sweep them i want to call it i want to call it um a split but i just want to collect at least one win in this series but yeah alec manoa man come on do something you want to talk about someone who's going to do something special kevin gosman tomorrow night is okay. going to have one hell of an outing. Uh, Manoa, Manoa, just keep one wheel on. Don't let all, all the wheels fall off. Well, we will be back later this week to recap just that series against the Houston Astros. Let's see if our predictions come true, Riley, as some of them have in the past as we've been doing this episode. But remember, guys, that'll do it for our episode here today. Please like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so yet. Like, follow, share, all that good stuff, all that fun stuff. You can do it here with Buds and Blue Jays. And Riley, anything else you want to add before we get out here today? No, uh, man, just, hey, we're the next thing we're going to do with our lives is watch this Astros series. And we are probably going to talk about it when we get off the air here because it is Alec Manoa. It's four games against the Houston Astros. We'll be back to cover that series. Mm-hmm. And, and 
let's just let's just cross our fingers and pray. Let's hope for the split, Jesse, um, because it's we're in we're in tough, but we can do it. This Blue Jays team is a very good. We are deeper than we think, and we have a chance to get a big game out of any one through nine guys. So, feeling that way, we should be okay. Let's do it, and let's go, Blue Jays. Thanks, guys.